Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. <clears throat> AT&T connects an O to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Attention, true crime enthusiast. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals, your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. A production of iHeartRadio. Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. My name's Noel. They call me Ben. We are joined, as always, with our super producer, Alexis, codenamed Doc Holiday Jackson. Most importantly, you are you, you are here, and that makes this stuff they don't want you to know. It's the top of the week, which means it's time for our strange news segment, and we have uh, some doozies for you. In the interest of full disclosure, uh, my contribution is a bit silly it's very out there I, I i think maybe we can save that one for the end because we've got some uh we've got some important and uh troubling stuff as well so maybe we maybe we get to the important headlines first what do you guys think 
Okay. Sounds good to me. I got to say, Ben, though, of all the headlines that you've ever done for the show, I have to say this is maybe my favorite. Um, so no well, spoilers. Zero spoilers. certainly works with the strange news concept. <laughs> it does say. indeed. Well, Matt, I guess it's between me and you. What do you say? Should we should we uh, roll for it? Or what do you, what, what do you think? Uh, you win. Okay, okay, cool. I guess I'll take it. Well, uh, if, you're, if you're not already going through a COVID fatigue, um, well, then you're in the right place or the wrong place. I don't know. You're, you're in a place. And we're going to talk a little bit about COVID and COVID conspiracies. Um, and it turns out that according to a study released uh, today from YouGov Cambridge Globalism Project, um, it found that uh, of 26,000 people that were surveyed in 25 different countries, there is quite an alarming trend of people believing that COVID-19, the coronavirus, is a conspiracy. And we can kind of divide that up into a couple of different categories. But one of the most, this article comes from The Guardian, uh, the headline is an article that came out today, the 26th of October, 2020. Survey uncovers widespread belief in dangerous COVID conspiracy theories. And um, one of the most widely believed COVID conspiracy theories is that the death rate of the virus, which um, as I believe, according to Johns Hopkins, reached uh, over 1 million people worldwide, 1.1 million. Um, there is a pretty widespread belief that this number has been exaggerated. 60%. And, and the thing that's interesting that Ben and I were talking about off air about this study is that it is worldwide. And we often, you know, the news that we're served typically, uh, especially around this, since it's been so politicized, uh, we hear a lot from folks from the voting populace here in the United States. But this is a global pandemic and people have opinions about it all over the planet. And according to this uh, uh, survey, nearly 60 percent of those who responded in Nigeria felt that the number was definitely or probably uh, exaggerated. Hmm. Yeah. Um, greatly, uh, exaggerated in fact, and deliberately, um, in Greece, more than 40% of respondents felt this way. Um, also South Africa, Poland, and Mexico, um, had around 40% of respondents feeling this way. And then 30%, 38% rather of Americans, 36% of Hungarians and 30% of Italians. And then bringing up the the rear with 28% of Germans all feel like this number 1.1 million is a hoax and that has it has been greatly exaggerated for political or some nefarious purposes um which is so interesting considering that you know, uh, folks in these other countries don't really have the same political axe to grind as mm-hmm. folks here in this country. Um, and since it has been so politicized, interestingly, uh, in, in my opinion, it's it seems like such a easily confirmable thing based around science. And yet it has been sort of used as this divisive element um, in this election. Very clearly, even things like wearing masks has become such a politicized issue of, of you know, if you do wear masks. There's some that would say that is a sign of, of weakness in some way, or, you know, that you're being duped. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I don't really know what to make of these global numbers. What do you guys think? Well, I, I would just say, while it does feel like there is quite a bit of misinformation and disinformation floating around out there on the internet that we've talked about several times on the show before in other COVID episodes, 
Um, there is a troubling thing that we have noticed that doesn't that doesn't necessarily mean that the numbers are being overly exaggerated, but it does mean that there are problems with the numbers. Mm-hmm. And and this is this is uh, let me explain this. Um, we've gotten messages from a lot of you listening out there who are in positions at hospitals, positions of other care facilities, where there seems to be a bit of an issue when it comes to describing someone's death and the nature of someone's death when that person appears to have contracted the coronavirus and is experiencing the effects of of COVID-19, when they are also experiencing the effects of other illnesses that they've been grappling with or, you know, a heart attack or another uh, possibly fatal event that is occurring with that person's health. So, I think it I think it is a I think it's based in a true thing where there is a bit of confusion when it comes to actual hospitals and facilities in the in the reporting of the death of an individual um, on whether or not it is covid related or covid was the reason this person died um, and just how that's how that's being treated. That that, that would be my I, I think that's sense. an excellent point. Uh, because it's something we explored in our previous episodes on COVID, which still hold up despite the fact that we did not have all the information. And like a lot of people, I think we were a little optimistic about how long the pandemic would or would not last. But you're right. It's tough to find. It's tough to determine with solid methodology what counts as a COVID-related death, because what you're describing matter comorbidities. Someone already has heart disease, right? Someone already is immunocompromised due to one condition or another. Uh, Then would they have, did they just die of a heart attack while they also had COVID? You know, in, in such a way that COVID did not truly contribute meaningfully to the death? It's a good question. And also, What I really like here, Noel, about the global look at this is it helps people in the West understand a very, very important thing about other regions of the world, which is their relationship with conspiracy theories. Just because every country has some version of the Internet does not mean every country approaches it in the same manner. Uh, The Middle East is rife with conspiracy theories. Just look at our earlier work on Animals as spies. I'm sure Mm -hmm. there are some more news stories about that. If you look into the numbers and uh, you see the types of uh, theories that are commonly accepted as fact here, you'll see that a lot of people in parts of Central Europe, uh, parts of what I guess you could call the, um, the bridge of Asia, Western Asia to Europe and uh, large parts of Africa, uh, you'll see that a lot of people believe that the Chinese government created and spread coronavirus on purpose. And that's simply, that's not necessarily people being actively deceived. That's the communicative game of telephone because everybody sees research that largely agrees it came from somewhere in China. So the next step is just to ascribe agency in place of incompetence, which is a comforting thing about conspiratorial thinking. Oh, a lot of these things um, point to sort of a comfort factor where there's a really great quote. um, There's an interview in this piece from from a cognitive psychologist from the University of Bristol named Stephen Lewandowski, who talks about how who is actually an expert on misinformation and the way it spreads. And he talks about how 
in an, in a time when people are feeling powerless, this can give people a sense of psychological comfort and a sense of taking back the narrative and like owning their own destiny in some way by choosing to believe some of these you know, perhaps more fringy theories. And the interesting thing is I completely agree with you, Matt, of all of the theories discussed in this, the one about the death toll is certainly the most easy to understand why people would believe that because it is problematic. Even the whole notion of, Oh, we test more. Therefore we have more cases. I've Mm. always struggled with that one a little bit, but when you think about it, there's a little something to that. You know, it's not to say that if we didn't test, there would be no cases. But when the when you test more and you start to things get lumped into being covid related, but not necessarily completely caused by covid, that sort of muddies the waters a little bit and can make those numbers inflated. But when you come down to things like it was manufactured and disseminated purposefully by the Chinese government, that starts to become a little more, uh, you know, where are you getting this information from? Or the idea that it, that it was caused by 5G technology. That's another piece that was uh, people were surveyed by. And a surprising number of folks believe that, that um, it was either deliberately created by the Chinese government or that it was caused by 5G mobile technologies. Um, it was something in the neighborhood of a fifth of respondents in Egypt, Saudi Arabia, Nigeria, and Turkey, uh, and also South Africa believed it was definitely or probably, quote, caused or enhanced by the direct physical effects on the human body of 5G. Hmm. Yeah, there's a there's another thing here that I, I want to address, which is the most popular the most popular theory that I believe YouGov found in their study. Um, by far and away, it's the belief that there is some sort of international cabal conspiring to direct the spread or the degree of fatality in COVID nineteen. And the thing is, to a degree, it is correct that there are cabals in play. They're like we find whenever we look at world controlling organizations, usually throughout human history, there's not one big shadowy organization controlling the world. There are multiple organizations who want to control the world and they don't get along with each other and they, they are rivals but they will work together when necessary. So yeah, there are members, whatever country you're listening to this show in, there are members of your government and members of your business elite class that have conspired to pursue opportunities, often unethical, as a result of the chaos of the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, But that doesn't mean like the Bilderbergs are getting together and saying, all right, let's tick the fatalities up 2% in Sweden, lower them by 4 in Peru, and then sell some lithium. They they don't, like people would do that <laughs> right. if it were possible, but they don't have the, they don't, they don't have the logistical ability to do so yet. No. And, and, and we, I believe you made this point in a previous episode we did about the coronavirus, about how if this were the case, wouldn't they have picked a more effective biological weapon you know, that, that had more of a, you know, 100% chance of, of taking out those infected. Whereas this one, clearly there's a lack of understanding as to how it works. And that's, to me, the scariest part is just not knowing. And, no. um, and I have to ask you guys, and I'm sure it's out there, but have you seen a spread of like age, ages affected and ages in the mortality group? 
Because, I mean, we, we hear, you know, we hear occasionally a, a news story about, oh, it can affect young people, too, or a child died. But I would, I'd, I've never seen a, a chart like or a graph that measures, mm-hmm. like, you know, the age and the age spread and, and actual numbers uh, and, and where those kind of net out. I haven't seen a global version of it, like a, a macro version, but I've, I've got some from a couple of different countries, especially countries that did a better job tracking COVID cases because they already have that data. They have all the demographic data you would imagine entirely because of their process of tracking infections or possible infections and playing the Kevin Bacon game, which the U.S. has not done in this regard. Uh, It's a dark lottery. You know, it's true that most of the people who contract it will not die, uh, at least immediately from COVID. However, we know that it has long-term deleterious effects on various bodily systems. So it's possible, quite possible actually, that in the next 10, 20 years, maybe sooner, we'll see a a higher level of heart failure or a higher level of respiratory-related conditions that can be traced to this pandemic in 2019 through 2020. So we we have what I'm saying is we have the data. We just don't have it for every country in the world. Um, it is it is true that age is a factor. Children seem to serve more likely to survive. Uh, the older you get, the more likely it is that you will have uh, a serious medical condition as a result of contracting COVID. Uh, but again, in the absence of transparency in the absence of information, speculation thrives because that's the one thing that humanity is very, very good at, creating explanations, especially when there are none readily at hand. Yeah, no, it's very true. Um, Well, and then speaking about vaccinations, that's one of the other big parts of this questionnaire, right, of the the survey. That's right. right. How how do you feel about a, a vaccination that would prevent you from ever getting it? And it seemed like there was a whole lot of skepticism about of of possible vaccination. Yeah, not only that, though, uh, the survey at large revealed uh, something of an anti-vaxxer sentiment overall, that that vaccinations aren't to be trusted. Mm -hmm. And um, of the 19 different countries that responded, um, they there were 20 percent of uh, or more of the folks that that uh, that answered the survey that said they felt there was at least some credibility to the notion that the truth about the harmful effects of vaccines is being deliter- deliberately hidden from the public hmm. uh, and that was 57% of south africans 38% of french people 38% of people in turkey and 33% of americans not to mention 31% of Germans and 26% of Swedes. So, I mean, that's significant that just in general, like, you know, not just this vaccine, any vaccine. And not to mention, yeah. there's certainly been discussion or the idea of, quote, fast tracking this thing and like what that would look like. And are you bypassing, you know, these kinds of safeguards that, that actually make sure that there aren't any, you know, horrible side effects that, that might be unseen at the time. That's why, you know, it's important to vet these kinds of things. But in a situation like this, where there's so much pressure to put something out as soon as possible, I understand that urge. But 
when people are already distrustful of vaccines in the first place. And I know even before this study came out, there was a lot of uh, of, uh, of surveys in the U.S., or at least maybe it was just anecdotal, but it seemed like I was hearing a lot of sentiment from folks saying, I don't even know if I would take it if it came out tomorrow. Sure. Yeah. I mean, to a degree, I'm one of those 33%, at least in regard to the way Russia uh, rolled out its quote-unquote vaccine. You know what I mean? Uh, they did something that uh, Cold War Americans would stereotype as the Russian approach, which is throw bodies at a problem until a solution exists, right? That's why there's still rumors of lost cosmonauts, and that's why people uh, distrust uh, the Russian coronavirus vaccine. However, uh, Brazil had just a, a company in Brazil, two companies have decided to start producing it. Uh, there are multiple studies that are coming out <laughs> a lot from RT and the Moscow Times uh, touting touting the popularity of it. But we have to understand, you know, people's position on this does not automatically mean they're not exercising critical thinking. There is a problematic history of vaccination, especially on the African continent. And it is to a degree tied up Mm. with colonialism. People aren't just making up these fears out of whole cloth. But that being said, you know, we have, we have trials for a reason in, in the modern world. And if you, I, I think it's less a matter of being so-called anti-vax uh, as it is more a matter of personal safety when you're thinking about personal safety with regard to any medicine. Any medicine that has powerful, uh, powerful effects or efficacy needs to be tested extensively before it gets to, you know, John and Jane and Joe and whomever. Uh, I, I would I'm completely on board with a tested vaccine, but I'm not completely on board in all honesty with an untested vaccine being given to anyone unless they try unless they sign up for a trial with full informed consent. Oh, I I'm with you. No, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. I, I do think one thing this uh, this survey did that I thought was really interesting and certainly would be for us and our listeners is they sort of did a A-B comparison with some popular non-COVID conspiracy theories, like the, the notion that the moon landing was faked or that global warming is a hoax. Or like you said, Matt, the big one was this whole international cabal thing. That's sort of the idea of like this consortium of secret societies, you know, that's at the center of so much, you know, conspiracy, uh, Charlie Day, pegboard, string, you know, kind of situation stuff. Um, and they found that uh a, a very similar proportion of folks that believed that the coronavirus was a hoax also believed that the moon landings were faked. Mm. You know, we've talked about it before. It feels like people's willingness to believe in a particular conspiracy theory is increasing. Um, and it does feel like we're on that track. I think it probably has something to do with social media, also with just the internet in general. We're, I think, Humanity is going to be on a steady incline when it comes to that kind of uh, thinking because we have access to so much more information and not all of it is perfect. Not all of it is correct. And other stuff is correct and is perfect. And it makes you question the nature of organizations like governments and <laughs> corporations and power structures. Mm-hmm. So uh, it, it, 
it all of this makes very much sense. I think that we're that we're at a place mm. where we're between twenty, like what what was it, twenty percent and fifty percent of people believing in a lot of these. And governments conspire against their people. No doubt, it's yeah. not made up. Governments mm-hmm. and companies conspire. I'm sorry got, to shout. That's okay. We've no, got another. Not, the next story we're going to talk about is uh, just that. <laughs> you're 100. Both of you are absolutely correct, and and of course that doesn't take much of a leap at all to accept that that's the case. The very nature of politics and policy and and governing requires some degree of of subterfuge and deception. That's just that, you know, we talk about things like spycraft and all of the intrigue and we assume, oh, I only do it to the enemies. Of course, that's not true. They do it in, in, in whatever makes sense for them to do it in whatever way gives them the upper hand. Uh, and a lot of that upper hand is over us uh, as citizens. Um, and I'm not saying the U.S. government is inherently evil or worse than any other government, but I just think, you know, it's foolish to, to think that, our best interests are always at heart. And I will say too, that I think the reason to your point, Matt, that that, that number's going up is because so many of these types of conspiracy theories and conspiratorial thinking have been mainstreamed in a very real way um, because of the internet, but then because of people in power and, and the notion that, you know, are the, the president uh, in campaign events, especially in recent days after getting COVID-19 himself and emerging unscathed, supposedly, you know, uh, after getting the best medical treatment humanly possible, is is, is leaning into this conspiracy notion, peddling this idea that the media is blowing up all of these numbers. And with all of that insecurity and doubt in the first place, I'd be surprised if it wasn't working. Which president president are you talking about? Because there are multiple. Do you mean Trump? Do you mean Bolsonaro? Oh, exactly. Do you mean, uh, do, do you perhaps mean presidents from a couple of Southeast Asian countries? I, I think it's very important not to single this out. Because just because you're president or used to be president at some point in your life does not mean that you are necessarily a great or an intelligent person or that you ever got out of the dirty business of politics, which is I'm I'm trying to segue, Matt. Is oh, this is so good. I feel it. This is perfect. <laughs> yeah. And, and to that end, uh, we're going to be right back after a word from our sponsor and talk about a former president. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire part time or full time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. 
kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Attention, true crime enthusiast. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals, your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. Explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of AI. There's still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of AI. And Intel is at the forefront of implementing AI and revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in for the better. In each episode, Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more while pioneering new uses for AI in these spaces. So tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. And we are traveling a bit. Well, I mean, right now, if you imagine that last segment, we were looking at the entire globe, right? So if you're mm-hmm. on Google Earth, we got the whole thing. It's in full view right here. We're spinning it around just a little bit. Wait, keep going. Okay, now stop. Now Ooh. zoom in to the continent of Africa. Head kind of towards the Democratic Republic of Congo, Tanzania a little bit, and then go right in the middle between those two and head towards Burundi. It is situated directly beneath Rwanda, uh, and this is where we're headed today. And I'm going to read you a bit from this article that was posted on DW. It was posted uh, very recently because this news was just released. Here's the headline. Burundi ex-president gets prison term for killing another former president. Wow. Uh, okay. okay. So before, before, if you know nothing about Burundi, and, and honestly, I know very, very little besides what I, I read on occasion here, um, just the concept that one president killed another president. Um, how often does that happen? In, you know, in the world, in politics, in life. We just got JFK. I mean, they're clearly beating us. In this well, well, yeah. So you're, so you're straight up saying it was LBJ? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Burundi, right. as you said. Burundi, Burundi, Burundi. Okay. At the very least, that would have been a good episode of Celebrity Deathmatch. LBJ versus JFK. <laughs> All right. Yeah. But LBJ sure. rolls in a, in a constant tag team, you know, him and Jumbo are like a oh, master blaster. And oh, God. 
Oh, wow. Okay, these references. Right. So so let me let me just go a little bit deeper into this mm-hmm. article because there's some characters here that you were gonna need to learn about and we'll get there together through reading this article. Uh, this is the subheading. So former President Buyoya was accused of the murder of Melchior Indadaye, who defeated him to become Burundi's first freely elected president. Okay. So there is a top court in Burundi that was going through this trial. It had been it had been going through it for quite a long time. And this trial just finished and they officially sentenced President Pierre Buyoya to life imprisonment on Tuesday. A former president was sentenced to life imprisonment for murdering another former president way back in 1993. Uh, whoa, you might think, oh my God, a, a president being sentenced to life imprisonment? Again, when does that happen, right? And they also sentenced a, a whole group of other people who were supposed to be associated with this murder in some way, this homicide. Uh, they sentenced 18 others related to the case, three of whom were given 20 years in prison. And it's really interesting because these people, you think if there's going to be a court, if there's someone on trial, they need to be in trial to stand trial, correct? But mm-hmm. not in this case. All, Almost all of the 18 others who were accused, as well as the former president, were not present for any of the proceedings of this trial. And this is what Buyoya, the, the guy who just got life imprisonment for killing a former president, this is what he said. We reject these judgments, which are in no way binding on us. Wait, what? <laughs> he, uh, he argued that the trial had been, quote, purely political and a sham, alleging that the defense lawyers had been blocked from accessing case files that were being used by the prosecution. It's pretty intense right here. And besides, you know, actual jail time and all of that, of uh, the several people are collectively they were ordered to pay a fine of 103 billion Burundian francs, which uh, is equivalent to 53 million dollars U.S. There are also uh, I, I do want to point out. So he, he calls kangaroo court. Uh, yes. I do want to point out this guy's not doing any of this from a jail cell. As we mentioned, he is, in fact, currently uh, a representative for the African Union in Mali and Sahel. So. He's got a job and he's completely seems unconcerned about this. Uh, one really important fact here that has to come into play is I think because of Hotel Rwanda, a lot of people in the West are cognizant of the longstanding uh, animosity between the Hutu and the Tutsi and the uh, Meltior who you mentioned there, Matt, he was the first Hutu president of Burundi. And yes. this this is something that did not sit well uh, with Boyoya and his supporters. So there's there's a lot of uh, sociopolitical context to this because Burundi is like, this is something else we should mention. Burundi is a textbook example of research resource extraction by yes. neo-colonists. It's like one of the 10 least developed countries on the continent. Uh, it's abundantly rich in natural resources. And uh, every time that the people in the country were uh, getting closer and closer to agency and fair representation, boom, 
uh, European powers swept in Germans, Belgians. Uh, later, I think more recently, yeah. I'm sure that they're hiding under the names of international private conglomerates. Uh, but this kind of coup stuff sometimes happens organically and at the risk of sounding conspiratorial, it often happens with a helping hand from a foreign power. So when I read about this, one of my questions was, who is the hidden hand? Is there one? You know what I mean? Like who, uh, who helped that with that original coup? Who supplied the arms? Who, who supplied the logistics? And why? Yeah. Was, was it to keep resources flowing? Because, I mean, again, you know, before the European nations carved these countries up, uh, they existed with wildly different borders along ancient yeah. community lines. The, the These countries were purposefully designed to, in, in many cases, to have this sort of baked-in ethnic tension so that they could be leveraged uh, by the foreign powers. So I think we're seeing an iteration of it, but also another president? I keep going back to that. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the circumstances of this assassination or murder, whatever you'd like to call it. It is an assassination, as we've learned from our history of assassination episodes. Um, so we're talking about 1993, and that is when Ndadaye was elected. It, he was only in place, or he had only just won the election four months prior before he was assassinated. He was killed along with several of his cabinet members in an ambush by Tutsi soldiers. And at that time, that's 1993, it, there was serious turmoil, as Ben is describing there, within Burundi when it, when it comes to governance, who was in charge. And, and there were several low-ranking officials who were arrested for that assassination. They were blamed for it, and they were tried. And that was back in 1998, so five years after the actual assassination. And again, what Ben is describing here is the intense political turmoil. There was a civil war. There, there's been intense civil war that has occurred in Burundi for quite some time. And I believe it was Buyoya who actually he yeah he became in power in 1996 uh that's that was because of that mili that the coup the military coup that we're kind of describing here and he ruled the nation until 2003 and again when when any anytime something like that occurs when there's a military force coming in and taking over and establishing itself as the power the the individuals who made the coup occur uh, there's going to be tensions in you know the people who are now under rule of any one individual or group and my goodness in burundi it was it's it's been it's been pretty terrible i can only imagine for many people living there oh yeah the country is almost completely deforested again by uh large-scale private enterprises it's also uh, as long as we're sharing uh, some depressing facts about Burundi, which many people uh, don't know much about here in the West. Uh, I would also like to point out that the World Happiness Report in 2018 ranked Burundi as the world's least happy nation. Jeez. Wow. Is that, what, what does that survey look like? Well, well, you, <laughs> well I, I would say that probably has to do with, with, with the presidential election, I believe, of 2015. 
I believe. I'm not saying the the any of the problems started then, but things have definitely uh, seemed to to have gotten worse since 2015 when there was another presidential election. When oh, uh, Pierre Unkunziza, I think is his is his name. He held two terms as a president, and then all of a sudden he announced, you know what? I'm going to run for a third term. And the the Constitution of Burundi states that, no, you there are two terms for a president. And he straight up just said, no, I'm going to do a third. We're going to we're going to do a third. Um, you can only imagine that that created more tensions in a place where there was already feeling a lot of tension. And all of this is to say that this specific topic is worth our time. And I think we should probably do a full episode on it. Um, if you would like to, you can go to BBC, bbc.com, search for Burundi, and you can see a whole news thread going back quite a while of all of the things that have been happening there that are worth your time to know. It's worth your time to know this kind of stuff. Think about a, a sitting president that just decides that even though it's unconstitutional, he's just going to run for a third term because he wants to, or because, you know, he and the people around him decide that that's the right thing to do. That's, that's literally happened. Uh, it's happening what? in Bur in Burundi right now. That's a military coup, right? I mean, that's essentially like saying I'm taking over and I'm not going to play by the rules and I have forces that, you know, respond to my command and I'm going to use that. Yeah, I don't think it's a military coup. It's it's just a, a guy who decided that, hey, I'm going to run for a third term um, because he feels he has the power to do so. Right, but I mean, if if, if the system in place isn't strong enough to say, no, sorry, aren't you flexing some sort of, you know, control in that respect? Well, yeah, to, I, to, I'm currently in power. The military answers to me. That's right. That's, I'm yeah. deciding to run for a third term. Got it. Um, for sure. But, but a short leap from that to just an all out coup and just saying, not only am I, yeah, I'm not, let's take it a step further. I'm just not going to leave. Yeah. And that, by the way, we're speaking of, uh, of president Pierre Unkrunziza. Not not Buyoya, former President Buyoya. There's um, also a really good timeline on the article that you referenced, Matt, on DW.com. Mm -hmm. um, at, at the bottom, there is a uh, a nice kind of like slideshow explaining the chronology of a lot of these things that we're talking about. So I definitely would recommend if listeners want to catch up on all these things, check out this article. Burundi, ex-president gets prison term for killing another former president on uh, DW.com. And by the way, all of this... When we're speaking about Buyoya, the man who, who has been given life in prison, uh, in November of 2018, there was an international arrest warrant that was issued against Buyoya, and this is what he said at that time. It was another diversionary move aimed at burying painful, unresolved questions. He was, again, speaking about the political crisis that followed the 2015 elections there, and he just made note, like we did already here, that those who had killed Ndedaye had already been arrested. Uh, so again, like, don't look at me, don't look at this, don't look at those 18 people that you just tried, even though they weren't there. We didn't do anything. Uh, and again, he's, he's in a position of power already. He's essentially a diplomat, so who knows if anything would actually, will actually happen to him and others. Yeah, uh, peek behind the curtain. Uh, a long time ago... I can't remember if you were part of this, Matt, but a long time ago, I had pitched uh, 
a podcast where we did an episode on every country, which I think would be really useful and also terrifying for a lot of people. Uh, Burundi, it's worth more than a single episode of this show, but it's definitely worth a full episode uh, because we can explore how the actions of colonialism impacted the country in the modern day. I still can't believe it. Least happy country in the world. That's a bummer statistic. And one of those colonial powers is Belgium, which plays a big role in our final story today. Yeah, well, that's actually who they won their independence from in the 60s. Mm -hmm. And we'll move to Belgium for one more piece of strange news after a word from our sponsor. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Attention, true crime enthusiast. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals, your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. Explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of AI. There's still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of AI. And Intel is at the forefront of implementing AI and revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in for the better. In each episode, Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more 
while pioneering new uses for AI in these spaces. So tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we have returned. Uh, We're going to Belgium. Then we're going to give you a headline and uh, be aware that every word of this headline is uh, is just an escalation and a plot twist on its own. (laughs) Uh, Here we go. Escaped, cloned, female, mutant, crayfish, takeover, Belgian cemetery. Is, is that a Mad Lib? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Holy cow. Yeah. I was expecting Ninja Turtle to be thrown in there somewhere. They're getting, That's they're getting amazing. Close. Yeah. Can you read it again at speed? Sure. Uh, escaped cloned female mutant crayfish take over Belgian cemetery. Uh, <laughs> this this it's is got a, a real twist there at the end. <laughs> yeah. This is a true story. Uh, this is something that I, I found recently digging digging through some, uh, you know, some haunts of the internet that I frequent. And I found that this is, that there's more to this story. So let me, let me first give you guys just the, uh, the beginning tale, and then we can, uh, we can explore the context, which is even wilder than the headline. Okay. So true story. Uh, there is a uh, population uh, what could be called an invasive species of crayfish in Europe right now as we speak. And they're quite successful. They are mutants. They can all be traced to a single female crayfish. They are self-cloning. They are capable of breeding with male crayfish, but they cannot create, uh, cannot create baby crawdads uh, in the process. They can only, like clone each other. And recently, uh, they invaded a Belgian cemetery. They can dig down to a meter in the earth. There are hundreds of them, each one of which can duplicate itself. And they pose a deadly threat to local biodiversity in Antwerp. Kevin Shears, who is the uh, who's working for the Flemish Institute for Nature and Woodland Research, says it's impossible to round them all up. It's like trying to empty the ocean with a thimble. They travel across land and water. They're nocturnal. They eat whatever they can. They are not discriminatory. Uh, they're banned in the European Union, but they were bred by unscrupulous German pet traders back in the <laughs> 1990s. Yeah, apparently their mutation occurred around 25 years ago. And this means that if you take just one of these things, Procambrus virginalis, get it? Because they're self-cloning. If you take just one of those and put it somewhere in the world, then they can create their own uh, cloning population. And you can't tell who brought, like the EU banned possession, you can't tell who owns them because all the crayfish are genetically exactly the same. You guys, this feels unreal to me crayfish that can literally create another one they can what that that doesn't seem like in a biological possibility for a crustacean like this but i have to say that is insane and and my head is definitely having a hard time wrapping around that but i have to say ben when you initially read this headline 
because crayfish is its own plural, I pictured a single mutant female crayfish running amok in well, a cemetery. It, it essentially sits the oh, oh, like a giant one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, <laughs> That's what, what I, I thought. Too. I mean, I realized what it is. Yeah, it's like an invasive species issue. issue but I, I pictured it as being like a like a, a Gojiro kind of issue. You know? Yeah, yeah like a kaiju. But uh, yeah, yeah, I pictured the same thing. But the. Uh, the weird thing is that we're not too far off the mark because genetically this is the same crayfish. You know what I mean? It's, uh, it's, oh, yeah. it's just everywhere. Uh, so the roots of this mutation, as I said, are date back a quarter century, people believe, but it wasn't until 2018 that scientists from the German Cancer Research Center were able to prove all these crayfish are the same crayfish. You, you may be uh, comic book fans in the crowd. You may remember uh, an X-Men, X-Force character named Multiple Man, Jamie Madrox. He has the, he has the power uh, to reproduce copies of himself whenever he's like smacked upside the head. And this crayfish is a lot like that. It's a real life version of uh, the multiple man, except, you know, it's a female crayfish, but let's not get lost. And, you know, everything changes when you do an adaptation, right? Just a little bit. And uh, this, this thing, once it was proven uh, that there all these marbled crayfish are genetically identical, uh, it became the subject of a lot of forensic research and it became the subject of a lot of agreed by un, on the part of unscrupulous animal collectors so people would take it and put it in their aquariums and just like uh just like the old stories about crocodiles and sewer systems or alligators and sewer systems this thing uh flourished in the wild the fancy name for what it's doing is called parthenogenesis a natural form of asexual reproduction the eu has tried to uh Tried to ban it, but again, they don't have much luck. Uh, the crayfish has been distributed across the world via the aquarium trade. In less than a decade, it is spread across Madagascar, for instance, because it's also a cheap source of protein for human beings. And it can... Yeah. Yeah. It's edible. That's the other thing. It, it tastes good. This is incredible. It, it's potentially... An, have, have, we, uh, have we unlocked... An unlimited source of food for the world. I know. And in, it's in this crayfish. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, is there a difference between a crayfish and a crawfish? Or is that just a colloquialism? It's a good question. So I, I would say, first off, there are multiple species of crayfish. And crayfish is the standard name. But crawfish is just what we call them in the South. Maybe crawdads. Mud bugs. Oh, crawdads. That's right. Yeah. Uh, but mud but, bugs. The least appetizing one. The least appetizing. Yes, that's true. Uh, so this is interesting because you're right, Matt. I like your point that we could potentially have some sort of uh, solution to starvation, at least for people who aren't allergic to shellfish. That's a real kick in the pants for that crowd. Yeah. Or religiously prevented from. From partaking. Right, or all of the above. Uh, or just think mud bugs are gross. But, but uh, it's interesting because despite the fact that they are terrorizing this cemetery in Antwerp, uh, the, oh, the Schoenselhof Cemetery, we should mention, uh, despite that, they may have something beneficial to provide to humans uh, in addition to unending low country boils. It turns out that 
their adaptability may teach us more about how cancer adapts to its environment. And we may be on the forefront of a new era in medicine based on these scrappy, uh, this scrappy evil empire of identical crayfish. <laughs> so, wow. yeah, so maybe there's something good. I just thought this was, this was such a strange headline. And I was also in full disclosure, kind of hungry when I was reading about this. <laughs> it, yeah, it's an ongoing story. Uh, it is, it is a story that does sound like it's straight out of a comic book, but uh, it's also an important story because it's about invasive species and it's about the radical mutations that once out of X millions, millions of times may end up uh, providing a benefit to an animal, even if that benefit is a detriment to the world in which that animal resides. So this this is our show. Uh, as always, thank you so much for tuning in. We would love to hear from you. What is your take on the infamous ex-president of Burundi? Uh, what do you hear people in your neck of the global woods saying about COVID-19? And of course, uh, what is the coolest or most terrifying recent mutation that you can think of in the animal or the human world? Let us know. We try to be easy to find on the internet. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, the whole shebang, the whole nine, all the hits, all the good ones. We like to recommend, here's where it gets crazy, our Facebook page where you can interact with our favorite part of the show, your fellow listeners. Yeah, head on over there and, you know, make sure you let anyone know if you've got extra Old Bay seasoning sitting around because Belgium needs it right now uh, <laughs> and, and several other places like Flanders. Uh, they've got these crayfish, too. Hey, and if you got those crayfish, uh, hey, I don't care. I don't care. Send them my way. I will, I'll set something up in my backyard and I will just forever be eating Various types of food that have crayfish. You got in one them. of those giant propane cradle tank things with the big pot. Not yet. Throw you but some I will potatoes in there. Little, for little corn infinite on the food. Bring yeah. some newspapers, <laughs> uh, some enduri sausage. You know, let's let's oh, do it yeah. up. Let's make yeah. a day of it. I uh, I got to tell you though, Matt. The, I mean, clearly everybody's listening along. The biggest concern here is what is what's going to be our potato to seafood ratio because that's how they get you with yeah. the low country boil. In uh, in wrestling, really how do you guys feel about sucking the head? Yeah, I'm not a half measure <laughs> kind of guy. Fair enough, and I am. So yeah, not Wait, for well, me. More but... more heads for us. More heads for <laughs> me and Ben. Enjoy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you uh, if you have anything else to to add to that conversation, you can give us a call right now. Our number is one eight three three S T D W Y T K. Leave a message, and really, you can say anything you want to. We'll be listening. And if you don't want to do any of that stuff, you can send us a good old-fashioned email where we are. Conspiracy at iHeartRadio.com. Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.
Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Attention, true crime enthusiast. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals, your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Dealing with pests can be a pain, but relax. Terminix can help. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. With over 95 years of experience, they have what it takes to take on any pest problem fast. If your home or business has pests, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com.